we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Good morning. What's happening? That's right. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. Good morning to you. How y'all feeling out there? How y'all feeling? Blessed, black, and highly favored. How you feeling, my brother? I'm feeling great. How was your consultation yesterday? You, you went to, to the blessed, uh, blessed beige and highly favored. Uh, no, I'm, I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. But yesterday you was telling me you had a consultation about you know your colonoscopy. How how, how did that go? Well, 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 well this this it's not going to make any sense because um, uh, we got Freddie Freddie Gibbs on the show today. We, mm. and, and might as well take tell tell everybody we, we recorded it yesterday, and we said that during the Freddie Gibbs conversation, Envy. Oh, I didn't yeah. remember. I was just concerned with your you butt and how everything cause, was. Because you just woke up. That's why you didn't remember. But yes, uh, I was supposed to have a co- colonoscopy consultation yesterday, but uh, the doctor had an emergency, so it got rescheduled to next week. 
but yes. Mm. Next week, I'm so, having a colonoscopy consultation. I thought, I thought you had yours yesterday, too. I did. I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because okay, so clearly, we, we didn't go to the same doctor. No, we didn't go to the same doctor yesterday. But okay. yeah, no, I had my consultation yesterday. Uh, they, they had to do a little bit of everything. I don't know about you, but they have to do blood work and had to go through my physical and everything. So it was... Um, they had to do all that yesterday and uh, they made an appointment and I'm not telling you what the date is because you tr- you try to do it together with me and I think it was pretty I think it would be pretty cool if me and you went and did our, and did our colonoscopies together man, we filmed sure, it man. when I'm we killed the steak I don't do huh? that corny stuff I don't do corny stuff why not like that. that's not corny because, because a colonoscopy is uh, something that I believe everybody should get especially when you get to a certain age I'm 44 years old we should so kill should a stigma but I'm not with all that performative recording things it's not performative and, but it's corny. something that's healthy that we're killing the stigma a lot of people who oh, don't do that do, I do work with the colonoscopy uh, alliance the, uh, so I, no I don't have to right, do I'm that. scared do you want to go with me I'm scared no. do you want to go with me no <laughs> no I don't actually no I'm fine <laughs> right just okay, ask what up ye salute to the salute to the collectoral cancer alliance okay uh, good morning DJ MV <laughs> I know he's like, okay. he's like, I have 15 days before I get up out of this bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I, that's that's the type of stuff I got. I do actual work with the Collectoral Cancer Alliance. Okay, I've done commercials for them and you know campaigns with them. Me too. I think commercials re- with them. I'm not recording myself going to get a colonoscopy consultation and putting it on the gram. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I don't knock I think nobody we should who go does. Together. I'm not doing that. I think no. we should go together. Remember no, how Anthony Anderson went and he went and showed the procedure to, to kill God a stigma? I think Anthony me and you Anderson. should go together. Two that brothers, great. one from the South, I'm cool. one from the North. We go together and we show mm-hmm. that we can do things together as brothers, I'm black brothers. Every, I'm telling everybody I'm going. I got a consultation. I supposed to have a consultation yesterday. Got one next week. Okay? Everybody should go out there and get checked because I know you might be afraid uh, to have somebody probing in your butt, but would you rather have somebody probing your butt or be dead? Simple as that to me. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Freddie Gibbs will be joining us this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freddie Gibbs has a new album out right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's called uh, Soul Sold Separately. Soul Sold Separately. That's right. And there's a lot going on with Freddie Gibbs, so we're going to chop it up with him next hour. And we got front page news. What are we talking about, Yeezy? All right, well, Joe Biden was on with Jake Tapper. We'll tell you one thing that he said about invading Ukraine, about Russia invading Ukraine, and what he thinks about Vladimir Putin. Is uh, he losing his mind or is he sane? All right, we'll get into Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night, Yankees beat the Guardians uh, four to one. That's the Cleveland Guardians, right? They used to be the Indians, the Cleveland Guardians. So they won uh, the first game of the playoffs. Now, what else we got, Yeezy? Well, it's approaching eight months since Russia invaded Ukraine, and Joe Biden sat down and did an interview with CNN with Jake Tapper. And here's what he had to say about uh, their president, Putin. Do you think Putin is a rational actor? I think he is a rational actor who's miscalculated significantly. He, I think he thought, uh, you, you may recall, I pointed out that they were going to invade, that all those 100,000 or more troops there, and no one believed that he was going to invade Ukraine. You listen to what he says after when that decision was being made. He talked about uh, the whole idea of he was needed to be the leader of Russia that united all the Russian speakers. I mean, I think he thought he was going to be welcome with open arms, that this was this has been the, the home of Mother Russia and Kiev and and they were, he was going to be welcomed. And I, I think he just totally miscalculated. Right, he said that he believes that Putin wrongly thought Ukrainians would submit to Russian invasion, and that was a complete misjudgment. There's been fierce resistance inside the country. So we haven't heard about it. The media's moved on, it seems like. That's the first time I heard somebody mention Russia or Ukraine on, on that level in a, in a while. All right, now he also talked about possible criminal charges against his son, Hunter Biden. This is the first time he has addressed his son's exposure to possible criminal charges, and that is for allegedly lying on a gun purchase application. He purchased a gun during a time in which he has now acknowledged he was struggling with drug addiction, and now he's under federal cr uh, criminal investigation. Federal law does require if you're purchasing a gun, you have to attest that you aren't using or addicted to illegal drugs. Here is what Joe Biden had to say about that. I'm proud of my son. He got uh, hooked on uh, drugs. Uh, he's overcome that. He's established a new life. I'm confident that he is what he says and does are consistent with what happens. For example, he wrote a book about his problems. He came along and said, by the way, this thing about a gun, I didn't know anything about it, but turns out that when he made my application to purchase a, a gun, you get asked the question, are you on drugs? You use drugs? He said, no. And he wrote about saying no in right. his book. So I, 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 I have great confidence in my son. I love him. And uh, he's on a straight and narrow, and he has been for a couple of years now. And I'm just so proud of him. Well, we saw Hunter Biden uh, on video smoking crack with a, with a prostitute. We saw that. But what I don't understand is why even put that announcement out if you're not going to lock him up? Like the Fed said they gathered what they believe is sufficient evidence to charge him with tax crimes and mm -hmm. a false statement related to a gun purchase. But they're deciding whether to file charges. Man, that political white privilege so real. Imagine being black and the Feds have evidence to charge you, but they got to decide. Well, I don't know. Charges. You tell on yourself. You told them. Like, they don't need evidence. I said I was hit with the drugs and I lied. Well, I mean, they, they, I think they were, none of these are drug crimes, though. They, they got they want to charge them. Uh, they got evidence to charge them with tax crimes and a false statement related to a, a gun yeah. purchase. The, the video of him was... smoking crack with the prostitute was something totally different. No, no, no. That's because he lied. In the, but then in the book, he was the truthful. He said he lied on the app and he was really hooked to drugs and he knew it was and he still got the gun anyway. Then he, didn't she say? Oh, he I, don't, that I never book? read the book. I don't, I've never read that in the book. I don't know. Mm. Not to mention, whatever happened to the raid on Mar-a-Lago? I mean, remember the raid that happened on Mar-a-Lago? Clearly, they didn't have anything on Trump either. Or what they thought they had wasn't enough. Oh, the political white privilege I just spoke about is really real. Because what happened to that?
Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. that is oh. your front page. I thought you were going to close it out. No, front out your front page news. Get it off your <laughs> chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Again, the phone lines are wide open. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is B. I'm calling from the Bronx. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Get Jeez, it off your chest, mama. You? I just want to get some off my chest. I want to piggyback off of what was Charlemagne was saying about the news just covering things and then it just stops, like it's still not going on. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget about the contaminated water in Mississippi. The water mm. crisis in Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that are still going on um, in, in in the United States. And the news just covers it for a little while and then stops. And people forget about it. And there's a real issue. Real issues still going on, you know? That's real. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So that's, that's all I wanted to say, really. Appreciate you, Queen. Thank you. Have a I good one, Mama. Hello, who's this? Envy. What's up, Envy? What's up, Trav? Yee! Hey, Trav. What's up, boo? What's up, Sar? How you? Peace, sis. They giving you hell in Philly this week because they know our Cowboys coming to bust them cheeks this weekend. Oh, my goodness. My, my cousins are getting on my nerves. But I'm calling to talk about the NFL Giants real quick. I just want to say good morning to Darnay Holmes. They had them beautiful cheeks hanging out on the field. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I hope he has What was going blast. on? I hope he has a blessed day today. That man was double T. I, that man had a fatty. Jesus, y'all see it? All right, Trav. We, I think saw, it, I we, think, I, we I did think see it, it but angle. what was? But what were they doing? Was, like there was, he, had, he had a cramp on his side, so they, they were trying to roll the cramp out. Okay. Why he had to have his ass out like that though? They, they don't got no tent oh, they can no. put you under. Listen, he was super thick though. I wasn't. All right, Trav. Was like, All right, don't <laughs> sexualize my giants now. That was, was that like, was oh, kind of like soft porn, though. I'm not going to lie. That was soft porn <laughs> right there, bro. I, I, almost asked, I almost recruited him to the Cowboys. That thing hey. was, was good. All right, Trav. <laughs> Broke back <laughs> listen, 
on top of that, I want to say that I wanted to say this on Monday, but Envy was mad over me and Charlamagne bonding about our Cowboys. He hung up on me. But I went to Charlamagne's Mental Wealth Expo this weekend. And that's why I say, Sean, I'm so proud of you, man. Like, just watching the way that you have evolved and the person that you have become, man, and, like, the things that you do. I like what I love. I love watching your growth, bro. Whoa. I appreciate it. You love watching my growth as much as you love watching Holmes' ass? Whoa. <laughs> you know what? That's why I don't cop. Bro, goodbye. <laughs> what? I want to know how much he loves watching the growth. After, after him, he just... Just That's talked right. about the guy's about ass, ass. and it was know. right to you. Woo! But th- but nah, thank you, Trav. I did see Trav. I forgot I saw Trav this weekend. I did see Trav, man, at the second annual Mental Wealth Expo. Thank you for All coming right. out, Trav. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm telling. I'm telling. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what up, what up? This is Ali Cat from Brooklyn. What up? What up, brother? Alley get Cat, it off your what's chest. Happening? Oh, man. Um, I, I heard y'all talking about the subject, like, um, a couple weeks ago. And, um... What's the subject? I just want to say, I, I, the, the subject is, basically, I'm having sex with my cousin. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. First cousin, okay. second cousin, third cousin. Huh? Oh, I what thought you were cousin? making what a confession. Cousin? First cousin, first cousin. First of all, I want to say good morning to you guys. Basically, I'm I, I'm sorry about that, but um, yeah, I just want to know if I want to say good morning back yet. That. I got to hear the story. Nah, we've been we've been having sex since we were whew, in our teens, and um, still With doing it now. And the first cousin, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of, how does the kind, rest of the family feel about that? Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows, just me and her, and that's it. And uh first for, first cousins is incest, bro. That's <laughs> kinda crazy, bro. First cousins is incest. You know, yeah, and there's I, an approximate there's an approximately two to three percent chance that your child will be born with a a birth defect, genetic syndrome, or some type of disability. Yeah, I kinda figure that. But um there's no chance that we're going to have children. That, that That's uh, that's a no-no. You know, well, we, well if you we, guys are having sex, there is a chance. Yeah. 
And wouldn't that be no. like your second cousin? Third cousin? Uh-huh. Wouldn't your child be like your cousin too? Wouldn't your child be related to y'all in some way? Yeah, but no, there's no possibility of having children, no doubt. There's no doubt There's no doubt about that. It's just, you know, I'm just... We, what are you just, calling you know, us this morning for, sir? What are you trying to tell us, sir? What are you, what are you saying? <laughs> I, I just want to know what you'd hope to gain from this conversation. I don't know what to gain from it. I don't, I don't know, you know, what to think or anything. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm not here to judge chest. you, brother. Yeah, yeah, I'm not here to judge you at all. That's what you... That's what makes you happy in life, you know? And if every time you have sex, it's a family reunion... Do you think? Are you dating anyone else, though? No, but she is married. All right. Oh, my God. That's enough. Can you have a good one, sir? At the family reunion, <laughs> this is who I'm screwing. This the is churches. who I'm screwing. Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Whitney from Hampton. Hey, H U seven five seven. Good morning. Get it off your chest. I, I got to say it because my best friend, she got a kid that's in elementary school. And that's, you know, that's fine and dandy. And I'm an educator, so I'm a teacher. And so her her daughter had a homework assignment about Columbus. And I understand, you know, we all don't agree on what Columbus did. We feel like he done stole the land and did Ain't it. no feel like he did. Columbus was a murderous tyrant. He was, he was an about? absolutely horrible person. But guess what? As a teacher, we don't choose the curriculum. We don't get to choose what homework assignments they do. So I told her, I said, listen, you let her do the homework assignment. Let let her hear what they got to say. Whatever. And when she come home, I said, that's on you to go ahead and let her know what the truth is. That's well, not for them to teach that. She should well, have to do that if, assignment if, they, if, if, if it's if, a lie. Yeah, and if they if they ask y'all to teach about Christopher Columbus in school, why can't you just tell the truth? Why can't you pose the question, why do we even celebrate Columbus Day? And then, you know, uh, explain to the kids why he was a murderer, a tyrant, and scoundrel. Why can't you tell the truth about Columbus? I, I completely agree, but guess what? We're not teaching Columbus Day. We consider it to be Indigenous Day. And we still not we still not teaching about that, and that really bothers me. Because mm. if we're going to celebrate a holiday and y'all going to change the name of a holiday and y'all going to say that we, you know, we support it and stuff like that. Yeah. With all that being said, it's like, girl, come on. Like, let's just, we just got to get your kids to do your homework assignments. It's bad enough we got kids out here failing and doing the most because parents don't want to do the job. But it's bad enough. Like, come on now. We need these kids to succeed. We really do. Yeah, I'm, tired of, I'm tired of calling parents because... Because children are failing because they choose not to do their homework assignment because, oh, my mama said I ain't have to do this homework assignment. Well, it's not your mama's choice because it's not your mama's choice if you got to graduate or not. You got to graduate. True. One day right. somebody's going to make a, Thank uh, you, mama. a, a, a mini series or a movie about Christopher Columbus, and it's going to be more disturbing than the Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way? Yes, and we're talking about marriage and divorce. We'll tell you what couple is getting divorced, but we'll also tell you who got married recently. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. No, 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 no. Well, Flavor Flav is celebrating almost two years sober from alcohol. He stopped using hard drugs nearly 14 years ago, and then uh, he got rid of other harmful substances from his life after that. But he has struggled with drug addiction for at least 18 years. 
So he posted on Twitter, two years sober next week. Your boy Flav is not alone in this journey. Thanks to God and family and friends that support me. Dropping the blues bombs for Flavor Flav. That's a beautiful thing. Salute to everybody out there celebrating, you know, uh, some form of sobriety. Salute to y'all, man. Mm-hmm. Now, Chingy recently did an exclusive interview with Hip Hop DX, and one thing that he talked about was the fact that even though he had that whole song about the Holiday Inn, they never gave him anything for free. Here's what he said. Do I get free rooms of the Holiday Inn for life? No! <laughs> Holiday Inn wouldn't even... We tried to work with them when I came out with that song. I'm pretty sure I made them millions, but they wouldn't work with us. Because you could have chosen the Hilton. Like, you best I know, time. right? I used to literally... That song is true. We used to kick it at the Holiday Inn. We used to throw parties there. Play dominoes, play spades, drinking and smoking and shit. We really used to do that. And so we just wrote a song about it, but they didn't mess with us. Later on in life, like 2011, got the young lady name, but we met somebody. She was like the new marketing at Holiday Inn and wanted to work with me on some stuff. But then she ended up leaving. And so it was attempts being made, but, but nah. Well, if the team reached out, I mean, you know, clearly the Holiday Inn didn't need it. Holiday Inn probably was like, thank you for the free publicity, but you know. Pretty much. We already the Holiday Inn. We don't. We didn't need that. <laughs> you rapping about us because we the Holiday Inn. We didn't ask you to rap about us. He should have found like a smaller uh, brand hotel that needed the publicity at the time. They they would have definitely loved that. When he, I guess when he did it, he said they really were always going to the Holiday Inn. How no, many artists it. have got gotten endorsements? I'm trying to think. I know at first Run DMC didn't have Adidas, and then they got it. Is that correct? Yeah, they got Adidas later on. But you know, you also got to think he didn't he didn't know the song was gonna blow up or not. He just did the song, and then it just took off. You know? Yeah, that's true. I will say most of these artists give out free publicity, though. I mean, how many mm -hmm. of these uh, high designer Air Force ones. clothes and mm -hmm. uh, these high priced liquors? How many of them are really even giving these people free product? You get an endorsement deal, just free product. Period. Manelli got remember Pastor Varcia. Yeah, but I think they got a deal after, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and sometimes it does work that way, right? You talk about something organic that you really do or really use, mm -hmm. and then the company's like, hey, let's get you a check. And sometimes mm -hmm. they don't. <laughs> All right, now, ex-NBA player Ben Gordon has been arrested after allegedly striking his 10-year-old son at the airport. This was at LaGuardia. And following the incident, he was waiting for a flight to Chicago. Port Authority police prevented him from getting on the flight, and they handcuffed him. This was on Monday at 8.45 p.m. at night. They said his son was escorted then by an aunt and taken to a Long Island Jewish Children's Hospital for evaluation. He is awaiting charges pending against him. And they said the two officers who were part of the arrest received minor injuries, but the reports don't state how or where they were injured. I need more details on this story. Now, did he, did he, you know, like like hit him on some discipline stuff? Or, like, what was it? I'm not sure. But then um, I seen a report that he said what? it was a Karen and, and she was lying and that he never hit her. So it's, it's, a, it's a bunch of different reports. I saw, yeah, some reports were saying that he punched his 10-year-old son in the face. And then uh, the charges came after, one was for a, a, a resisting arrest. Because mm. uh, allegedly there were some injuries uh, to the officers trying to deal with the conflict. So not sure, but I guess we'll find out more details. All right. And speaking of father and son, Damon Wayans and Damon Wayans Jr. are starring in a father-son comedy on CBS. The network is putting together this untitled show. It's co-written by uh, Damon Wayans, the elder Damon Wayans, and Kevin Hench from Last Man Standing. And so there will also be executive producers of the sitcom as well. 
Hilarious. So the comedy is going to feature Damon Wayans as Papa. He's a radio mogul who is happily divorced and has to prepare his son, Damon Wayans Jr., who has no motivation to be his best self before he turns 40. Man, that that has the potential to be so hilarious simply because Damon Wayans Sr. is one of the funniest people ever to walk the earth. Damon Wayans Jr. is very funny, too. If CBS gets out the way and lets the Wayans cook, oh, my God. I think I'll be watching that every week. All right. Now, the Jasmine brand reports exclusively that Cynthia Bailey and Mike Hill have split. According to sources, they said that they've been separated for a while now and everything between the pair is amicable. We're also told that they have already been filed. They've already filed for divorce, but they really do love each other. It wasn't anything scandalous. It wasn't any cheating involved. It just didn't work out. They got married in 2020. Damn, that's sad. And yeah, that's horrible, man. I hate, to, I hate divorce. Mm-hmm. But it's always easy for us to say, news. though, because we're not in the marriage. That's true. Uh, P Valley star Jay Alphonse Nicholson has gotten married to the love of his life, Nafisha. They got married on Friday after six years okay. of dating, a three year engagement. They got married in downtown LA. So, y'all watch P Valley, right? No, but drop mm-hmm. one clues bombs for that marriage. Little murder. All right, now, the reception also included a cannabis bar that was filled with pre rolls from the Fonzie. It's a line that uh, Jay created with black-owned brand Ball Family Farms. So guess That's we're dope. able to try that out during the celebration. I'm so scared of pre-rolls. Only because, wow. you know, because historically, throughout life, we were always taught, don't smoke nothing if you didn't see it get rolled up. You know, and, and I, I'm, I'm a person who accidentally uh, did smoke a, a what we used to call a wooler one time, a, a, a blunt, a weed, weed, weed blunt laced with cocaine. So I just never... Smoked pre rolls, so now it's just yeah. like pre rolls are everywhere. But it's like, but that my was a time. Yeah, nah, but that was a time where you couldn't buy, you know, cannabis legally. So now, when you buy it legally, it's pre rolled legally, so you know what's in it. You ain't got to worry I, about. I, I, I'm with you. I'm just, tell, I, I'm just telling you how my, my 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 past traumas are set up. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I was always taught, don't smoke nothing if you don't see it rolled up. So it's just like when I see the pre rolls, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess it's different now, though, because before people were buying things, it, it wasn't in any way regulated. You were getting right. it from, you know, y'all who knows where it came me. from. I, that's, I, to- I, I totally up. understand things are different. I'm just telling y'all that's just how my brain is wired because of how we were taught growing up. That's all. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the pre-rolls now. And that is your front page news. I mean, rumor all report. Right. Sorry. All right. We got front page news next. What are we talking about, Yeezy? Yes, and let's talk about Nike. They are trying to regulate people who are resellers. We'll tell you what their uh, things are that they're trying to do and actually enforce this time around. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Summer might be over, but TV's hottest night is just getting fired up. All-American Monday is back. Mondays on The CW. Catch all new episodes of the smash hit shows All-American and All-American Homecoming. Don't miss a minute of the back-to-back drama Mondays only on The CW or stream free next day on The CW app. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, congratulations to that New York Yankees. Them New York Yankees, they beat the Cleveland, uh, what are they, Cleveland Commanders? 
Cleveland. I have no idea. I don't know what they were. They were the Indians. Cleveland something. But they beat them four to one uh, last night, game one of the playoffs. All right, what else we got, Easy? All right. Well, Nike has announced new penalties for resellers. And so uh, the Wall Street Journal uh, was talking about this, but Nike's new terms of sale include updated language pertaining to resale and to bot usage. Now, these policies have been in place for years. They were revised this month. There will be harsher penalties for those the brand determines purchase those items with the intention of reselling. Now they reserve the right to charge restocking fees, impose purchase quantity limits, flat out refuse returns and also deny access to any of its stores. Previous sanctions that remain in place include the brand's ability to restrict sales, cancel orders, and suspend or close accounts of suspected resellers. So what Nike is like, look, we're the only ones who are going to overcharge people for sneakers. Okay? Pretty much. All right. I mean, but it does make sense, and I'm going to tell you why. Because there's a lot of people that love sneakers like myself, and, you know, people love to wear sneakers. But a lot of times, you know, you don't want to wait on lines. People are hiring bots, and they're buying these sneakers for resale. And there's people that want to buy them. I see a lot of people doing that where they're canceling accounts and even checking their, their history before they release sneakers. They're doing it with cars now. They're doing it with, with, with of course, uh, Yeezys and, and Jordans. I think it's about time. Yeah, it's hard for people to get stuff at retail price, and then you end up paying, like, way more when you have to go that way. And then something drops, and five minutes later, it's sold out. You can't even get it. All right. Now, maternity care is also getting harder and harder to access in the U.S., according to a new report. More than two million women live in maternity care deserts. So there's a nonprofit organization um, and that is actually focused on improving the health of pregnant people and babies. More than a quarter of countries in the U.S. have no obstetric, obstetric hospitals or birth centers. And no providers, no obstetricians, no gynecologists and certified midwives or nurse midwives. And mm. these areas are maternity care deserts. That figure is an increase from 2020. And so, like we said, that means 2 million women of childbearing age in the U.S. live in maternity care deserts. So nearly 7 million women live in areas with little to no access to maternity care, mostly in the South and in the Midwest, according to this report. That's horrible. Now, they also pointed out that black, Hispanic and Native American women are also disproportionately impacted by the lack of access to maternal care. One in four Native American babies and one in six black babies are born in areas with no or limited access to maternity care services. Therefore, as we've known, communities of color are disproportionately impacted by this crisis. And it's not just an issue of access, but an issue of quality as well. So you get rid of Roe v. Wade, you want to ban abortions everywhere, but you won't even um, put money into facilities to help these people deliver uh, healthy, healthy babies. Seems pretty backwards. All right. And student loan forgiveness, that process, according to the White House, will be easy. They did release a sample application so people can see what the process is like. They said it's very straightforward, but resistant to fraud. All right. They have still not signaled when the loan cancellation applications will be available online. They did say that it will be sometime this month. So at first they said it was early October. That's passed. But it will be sometime this month. And they said uh, uh, borrowers, people who are eligible, should apply by mid-November to make sure that their loan amounts are canceled before repayments resume on January 1st of 2023. It's been a nearly three-year pause during the COVID pandemic. And they said, please double check your contact information online to make sure you get timely updates when your application is ready. And they hope that uh, people will be able to access their money within just a few weeks. 
once and they apply. Know, and, you know, they, didn't they do some uh, rollback of the student loan forgiveness? Have they have they explained that to people yet? Like why they narrowed some of the eligibility for student debt cancellation? Well, that's because they were um, facing some lawsuits. So they were saying, I think originally what it was is depending oh, on the why. type of grant you got. If you didn't have it. Yeah, they did explain I, it. They explained it I, when it happened. OK, because I don't know. If, I don't know if that that message went out as loud as the student loan debt cancellation message did. So I don't want people who think that they're, you know, eligible for this to have their heart broke, you know, because they didn't see the second announcement where they scaled back some of the student debt relief. That's all. Yeah, and that has to do with private banks providing loans, and those banks were preparing to sue. So there were some pending lawsuits, so they want to make sure that this money does get to as many borrowers as possible and as quickly and as easily as possible. I don't think yeah. their intent was to roll it back, but it was because of that. Yeah, because I saw it. I did see the message where the education department said that a subset of federal student loans owned by private lenders, you know, no longer qualify for relief. So, like I said, those kids who did qualify but now they don't i don't want them to get their heart broke because they didn't you know know mm -hmm. that the biden administration scaled back some of the student debt relief because of the legal concerns now, the program is expected to apply to 43 million americans and 20 million could have their debt completely wiped out according to estimates from the white house all right and that is your front page news all right now when we come back freddie gibbs will be joining us now, Freddie Gibbs has a, a, a new project out right now. What's the name of the project? Soul Sold Separately. Soul Sold Separately. See, we're going to kick it with him, and there's a lot going on with Freddie Gibbs, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. I'm not used to seeing him like this, either. Well, how's this? <laughs> he got record label people with him, like major, oh, major radio. Yeah, I'm he like, I ain't Ron Stewart with him. He's drinking wine. <laughs> got to level up, man. Freddie Gibbs, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, brother. How you feeling? Feeling great. Feeling real good, man. Soul sold separately out right now? Yes, sir. This is your first solo major label deal? That's it? Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my first uh, major uh, album that I put out, period. What made you decide to do that now? Um, Lambo, my manager, <laughs> really, to be honest. It was supposed and, uh, to happen before. Yeah, and my partner, Norvay, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he been trying to, like, sign me to a major for a long time, man. So, mm -hmm. you know, it just worked out perfect this time. That's it. it was just a good business move. What could what, what can they do for you that you weren't already doing for yourself? Uh, you already been nominated for Grammys. Uh, I mean, it looked it looked good, you know what I'm saying? Like you, mm -hmm. you see it, you you know you noticed the change when I walked in the room. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, it's definitely extras on that thing we're doing right now. You know what I mean? Like you know, we got a I got a record added at radio. I ain't never been that. I ain't never had none of that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, top twenty Billboard release. I ain't never had that. So mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely changes been made. Right. And sometimes it's nice not to have to do everything yourself. That too. And pay for everything yourself. That too. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to eat on their dollar. You know Absolutely. For sure. You got a lot going on, Freddie Gibbs. By the way, yeah. I think the album is pretty amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. You I know, mean, we, and your, your music is never in question. Like never. People know you make good music. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's I everything think... else that comes with it is probably what they... Okay. Question. They don't question. They just nah, they don't question have it. questions about. Yeah, but yeah. Sometimes questions, that about. Comes, questions about. Yeah. That comes with being like very honest. You know, a lot of times yeah. people censor themselves about things that they might say. I mean, you and know you what? haven't really. I mean, you know, I'm from a small town, man. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't hard to beef with me. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people uh, take offense to, um, you know, stuff I say and things I do, but, you know, 
You got to do something about it. You got to deal with me. Y'all going to feel me till they kill me. So it is what it is. You I, ain't, I ain't tripping on that. So why is the joke? So because people, you know. You, I'm you a know, comedian, this, man. I don't mind the jokes. The jokes ain't shit. The jokes, the jokes ain't nothing. The jokes is like that's the violence. The jokes ain't nothing. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't initiate the violence. I just do what a man would do and just handle himself in in certain occasions. I didn't, I ain't never initiated no violence on no rapper. And you know, if I did, you wouldn't know about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't have problems with people. You know what I'm saying? That went way too deep. Right. You know, but I don't need to. You know, uh, publicize. Yeah, I don't need to publicize it. I think that like a lot of these guys that had issues with me. You know, they come in the fight with camera crews. You know what I'm saying? Like it's we in the clout era, so it's like you know, they think they 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 thought it was a free pick, so they just want to you know do what they got to do to get their clout up. But I don't got to do nothing like that. You know what I mean? To get no clout up, because like you said, the music speak for itself, my brother. You now, know what I'm saying? We you, leave street stuff in the streets. I don't you, even get into that. You said something on now. It's interesting, and I wanted because I never thought about it. But you said uh, you make people feel good about coming from. Gary, Indiana. Yes, sir. And I was like, well, damn, I wonder, I never thought about what impact did the Jacksons have on young black kids coming from Gary? I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, it was definitely motivation to see the, you know, the, the biggest musical family come from right around the corner where you're from. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it wasn't really like a a direct, you know, tangible impact. You know what I mean? But it, it's, it's hard, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. Gary's a, it's a tough place to be from. You know what I mean? And I don't go back enough. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because I got stuff that I got going on and I'm trying to pursue. So I feel like I'm in a position now where I could go back and make changes, but I wasn't in the beginning of my career because I was mm -hmm. still trying to get to where I needed to be. I can see how you're more relatable than a Jackson is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you didn't like that, right? You didn't like the fact that people would say, you know, from the same place as the Jacksons. Yeah, because you said that at the Double XL <laughs> show. Mm -hmm. I, remember I remember that. I was mad than them. Yeah. I was like, like, no, that's what made me not like you. You know that, because I didn't like you for a long time. I ain't like you either. You wait, y'all didn't like the Jacksons? ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。ブレイクアップ。
in that situation. Correct. So what made you come to that realization? Because this was something that for years you've had, you know, kind of a chip on your shoulder about it. But now you're like, you know what? I was immature. I wasn't ready. You even said you've listened back to some of those old songs. Yeah. And so. What? I was on Rabbit Vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just ready to just get past that in my career. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really, you know, me and me and, me and uh, Jeezy ain't never had no, like, physical stuff or anything of that nature so it's just like you know like we can you know i can i can move past that that was just a a, a business disagreement did y'all have a conversation because you said some wild, wild stuff about jesus back in the day nah we didn't have a real conversation but we seen each other and we uh you know sometimes just you know a handshake is worth a thousand words you know we shook each other hand he was with his wife i was with my girl and we just kept it pushing we was in the airport but um I, don't, I, I mean, the conversation can be had, but I don't even think in, if if we need to, then cool. But that. yeah, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have nothing against none of that. You know what I mean? Like that that situation definitely made me stronger and made me a better artist. So you know, I pay homage to dude. Even when we wasn't, when I wasn't f with him, I was still bumping trap and die. Like I was, you know what I'm right. saying? I was still listening to the music. So, but it made you a boss. In yeah, a way, definitely. Like I, but but I had to, you know, I had to level up, man. You know. He said, uh, I remember he, one time I had a conversation with him in an interview, and he said that it it just really. You were upset because things didn't work out for you as an artist with him. Correct, correct. Like, uh, like I said, it was just a, a bad, you know, business disagreement. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, I didn't. Um, I took it too far and made it personal, and that's what, and, and that's why I messed up at. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I, I did that really to, you know, show uh, younger artists, you know, under me, you know, that you can, um, you ain't, you ain't no gangster unless you can keep your composure. And in that situation, I ain't keep my composure. And I let it, you know, I let my emotions spill all over the place, and I shouldn't have did that. All right, we got more with Freddie Gibbs when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Freddie Gibbs. Charlamagne? What does the title Soul Sold Separately mean? This album is about taking risks, and, you know, life's a real gamble, and I've definitely taken a lot of risk in my life, man. So I just wanted to just get it out there. And, um, you know, like I said, this is my first major label uh, album that I put mm -hmm. out. So, um... I was working on it since I got the Grammy nomination. And I was like, you know what, I, you know, if I don't come with my best album this time, then it might I might not have another one. So I was like, all right, let me really focus. So I really got focused on this, you know what I'm saying? Like extra focused on it. You feel like more eyes are on you now because of the Grammy nominated and the label. So now it's it opens you up to a, a audience you might not have had before. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Like, man, I'm about to go on tour with the Gorillas. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like I'm doing, you know, I'm just trying to just create my own lane in the game, man. You know, that's it. And an actor down yeah, with the king. Congratulations definitely. on that. Actor and producer. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that now. Like, now, I'm, I'm definitely a producer on that film as well. We took that to Cannes Film Festival. So acting is cool. It's great. But, you know, I want to uh, attack the uh, film world the same way I attack the music industry. You know what I mean? I want to create things. I want to, you know, I want to be the producer. I want to be the director. You know what I mean? I want to, you know, just, you know, not do more than just acting, you know? You was really out there, like, farming and playing with animals. Yeah, and... we really did do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, them animals was real, too. <laughs> what, did you, what did you learn from that experience? It was, it was pretty funny and interesting to see you in that environment. You know what, man? I was like, that playing that role and doing that thing was real therapeutic for me because I was really on that farm for for two months, you know, like away from the the rap game and all of that. And it, you know, it was COVID, so you know, it was a real difficult time. Even shooting a film during COVID, everybody mm -hmm. on the set got masks on. You know, um, I had a baby on the way at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I remember, uh, hey Teresa, how you doing? I had to shout out my baby mom, but uh, <laughs> she was going in labor while I was on movie set, mm -hmm. and like it was COVID. So I couldn't uh, go in the hospital to see the baby. It was it was just a, a real wild, tumultuous time, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, 
those times make you stronger, you know, as a family and everything. You was on, you was on bust down a lot. <laughs> Got a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going for Nick Cannon record, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get three. Man. Just three. Just three. Okay. Nick Cannon got like 12 kids, man. One, eight, one of your children's mothers got really mad at you after this album came out because you named her. Oh, it'd be like that. You know, people just get frustrated. You know, it'd be like that. You know, that was a time. But, you know, I uh, I spoke to her about it before it came out and everything. And it was a decent conversation. And she didn't get mad after it came out. You know yeah, because the way you explained it probably is not the way it came out on the record. No, nah, not at all. I said word for word that thing. And she didn't. She wasn't upset at all. It is what it is, man. Baby mamas love me. I love them, man. We it's all about raising the kids. Man. It probably you know? hit different when the album come out. It hit different when the album come out sure. and everybody listens. They hitting you. Know you yeah, they hitting her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is, man. Because you, know? you did say you're about to squeeze academics' titties. I love a fat bitch. Yeah. Where did that? Why? Why? why what, you got to explain that segment. We were just talking I, about I, his childhood. I need to know. I need to know your thought process for that segment. I need to know your thought process for that segue. You talk about lines that you got to explain. You said I love a fat bitch, and then you talk about academic titties. Did you just call his baby mama fat? No, 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 no. I mean, my baby mom's not fat, but I, I do say, like. I don't fat. understand the segue. Oh, so you're like, talking about lines that he has to to retalk. I do like fat bitches, though. That's that's my <laughs> thing. I do like. I just blew a kiss to Lizzo, but she didn't look at me. Where did you blow a kiss? At Lizzo? I seen her somewhere, and then I seen a picture on the wall that I went in serious, and I was like, man, I want to meet Lizzo one day. Everybody giving Lizzo a hard time, man. They need to leave her alone. Man. You ain't met Lizzo yet? Nah, I, I saw her before, and I was okay. like, hey, and she just looked at me. I was like, get your ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what's, what's, you and academics, y'all just never gonna squash whatever y'all back can, and forth. We can, man. It ain't nothing like that. You look, man, academics is a person that I only see when I pick up my phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, it ain't even, like, real. You know what I mean? It's like a some internet troll thing. You know what I mean? But if I, I, I probably only seen him in person, like, one time. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sensible guy, man. I ain't stupid. Like, we, we could have a conversation. You know what I mean? No, no matter what you said, you know. As long as you don't put your hands on me, anything's fixable. I didn't even see it, but I saw something yesterday. Somebody sent me something. I don't know where it started, but he was like, you only... What he said, you 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 got you got beat up twice this year. You only sold yeah. half your records or something like that. Uh, Nobody checking for you. Uh, Leave Big Act alone. That's all cap though. So I mean, you know, that's all cap. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what that's what academics do. Like I said, man, that's the I, I got to pick up my phone to see academics. I don't see him out here. You know what I'm saying? So you mm -hmm. know, he gonna he gonna push the narrative, uh, you know, to his favor at all times. And he don't like me, so what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like somebody don't like you, you know, they ain't gonna say nothing nice about you. Right. Mm -hmm. or they ain't gonna say the truth about you. So he can keep, you know. Spreading the falsehoods. I mean, he said my brother was a district attorney. My brother's a gynecologist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the top gynecologist in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, so it's like, you know, like he gonna, he, gonna, he gonna spread his own narrative. You know what I mean? He's like, man, your brother's a district attorney. He the feds. I'm like, no, my brother's a top gynecologist. I'm like, my brother has a PhD, my brother. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, I, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't feel. That's why I don't feel no no way about nothing that he say. I just be like, all right, man. Okay, cool. Would you so, ever do his show? Would you ever do his podcast? I would. If he asked me to come on there, I go. I'll, I'll do I think that'd be a good one. Yeah, we got to hit for five minutes, and then we then we can go do. We go five minutes do. first, and then yeah, we go five minutes. Then we can go. We can do whatever we need to do. It's, it's, I never could understand how somebody could not like Freddie Gibbs. I mean, I get people get sensitive though if you say something about them. So mm -hmm. I understand that part of it. Yeah, but it's you always do, his jokes. But you do have it. jokes. Yeah, and. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know where none of this shit started, Freddie. I don't know where this shit with Benny started. I don't know where this shit with Jim started. I have no idea how any of this yeah, started. I even Jones? saw Benny recently saying that it just went too far. Mm. Yeah, just, what, yeah, what happened with Jim? Like you always in New York, y'all y'all ran by each other millions of times. Like that was weird. I thought I'm still in New York, despite whoever mm -hmm. got an issue with me. You know, think I'm about to give me a crib out here too. So you know, I don't so really. Where you did know, the issue start from? Jokes um, was it the jokes or I don't know, man. I let street shit stay in the streets and. 
you know. I don't got no problem with nobody that's like, you know, doing better than me. So it's okay. I don't really worry about that. I let all the hate come from the bottom and just, you know, deal with it how it come with. You know, it is what it is. But people know who I am and what and who I'm with. So did y'all really get into a tussle in Miami? <clears throat> uh, it was some stuff. Furniture yeah. moving. It was some furniture moving, but like, ain't nobody really get a. Uh, it was just it was like a food fight or something like that. It wasn't nothing like it wasn't nothing crazy. That's like an that. expensive food fight in that restaurant. Yeah, it wasn't. Nothing, it wasn't nothing crazy like that. Ain't nobody get like, you know up to that point you know it ain't nothing that uh you know people can't move past we were on there do you feel like any of that overshadowed your artistry nah not at all it just made y'all talk about me more and my music is good so it don't even matter like mm -hmm. you're still getting all the great guest appearances you know who i loved on the album raquan yeah that's that that a great one yeah that's I, one of my favorite songs that one and um rabbit vision I yeah think just to two. you know to, to get guys like raquan scarface, scarface. How, so, you, how you convince scarface to get back rap that's my dog yeah, you know, me and Scarface real close, and that ain't the first collab we did. He he collabed with me on um, on Pinata, so it's like you know I, I look up to him. You know uh, I got a great relationship with guys like him and Bun B. You know they mm -hmm. was like some of the first you know uh, big name features that I did coming in. So it's like they kind of they sharpened me up. You know what I mean? So I, I I'm always gonna pay homage to Brad. You know. And DJ Paul. Man, that was crazy. That was a crazy that studio session. I love DJ Paul. You know what I'm saying? Like that was a. Uh, Cause when I, I was I was telling somebody this like when I was recording the album I was in a real dark space, and that session really like brightened everything up. When he came in, he was just like happy and like the, the song was fun and it was just like damn you know what I'm saying? Cause like you said I was going through a lot of stuff, getting in fights, getting into it. You know I had street stuff going on, homies getting killed. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, legal stuff. You know and I was putting all of that into the record and then when DJ Paul came in there he like really like cheered me up man. He really like lifted my spirits to help me finish the album, you know what I'm saying, in the correct fashion. Is you that feel how you get out of the dark space? Is it through music? Is it definitely. Through music is the therapeutic for me. Like, I don't really, you know, I hear you talk about therapy all the time, but mm -hmm. I don't really like therapy like You that. tried it, right? You said yeah, it. I tried it, I ain't really like it, man. My therapist was cute, too, so I had I couldn't get past it. <laughs> so you flirting, though. So you, so you yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah. in your mind, and you flirting. But I don't like talking to dudes, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, I was like, all right, man, let me get out this therapy and just go make another album, so. You know. But there's other ways to heal, though. Like, therapy is not the only, only way. True, true, true. I might do like I did in the movie and just take a hiatus and just mm -hmm. kick it. Go on you know a farm. Yeah, go on the farm. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, <laughs> switching up the environment, man. Rap get, you know, it get kind of redundant sometimes. So you got to like, you know, find other inspiration so you can like keep, do keep doing it. I've been doing it for a long time. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Freddie Gibbs when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Freddie Gibbs. Charlamagne? That was the biggest thing for me because it felt like, you know, it, it felt like self-sabotage. I didn't know what was going on, but I'm like, damn, I see Freddie on Bust Down. I see Freddie on Power. Mm -hmm. He's Grammy nominated. Mm -hmm. So why the street now? Uh, you know, like... No, I, I know you come from that, but why yeah, now? I wasn't, you know, I was chilling, man. All, all, the, all the incidents you see, I was just eating with my girl, man. I wasn't, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't go out, you know, trying to start nothing with nobody, but I got to handle my business. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, 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 in any of those situations, you would have did the same thing I did. No, I'd have, I'd have said security. He wouldn't have handled my business. <laughs> but it was, it, was un, it was unexpected. Well, I like to fight, so, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I, he would door dash. I, we, I, door I like dash. to hit, so we can hit. You know what I mean? If you want to hit, then we can hit. I ain't, I ain't ever going to back down from that. You know what I mean? And like I said, in those incidents, I had my girl with me. Yeah, but so then, the one in Buffalo could have been bad. You 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 even yeah, said either you time, heard, either hit time, hit him, hit him. Either time could have been bad. You know what I'm saying? But like you know, like y'all like everybody like naming like these rappers and stuff like that. But ain't ain't no rapper ever hit me. Ain't none of them ever did nothing. They gotta like, you know, I'm not no little guy. 
Mm-hmm. So you ain't about to just like run up on me. You gonna think twice when you know. I mean, I ain't Deontay Wilder or nothing like that. But you, yeah, ain't gonna, you just saw him. Yeah, I just see him. I was like, damn, you, you just gotta be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gonna, <laughs> you gonna think twice before you run up on me to you know do what you gotta do. You know what I'm saying? You gonna have to get reinforcements, and that's what everybody gotta do in every case. You know does, what I'm saying? Why not have security? Ever... We got it. We got it. You know oh, okay, we got it. But you know, I'm a, I'm a man at the end of the day, man. Bro, does you this said... ever prevent you from getting like situations like shows, or does it prevent anything like? Endorsement deals are people like oh, I don't know it's a little risky. Not at all, not at all. I got my own wine. You want some? I'm drinking some. It's hard. So, yeah, I'm no, ain't, ain't, no, ain't nobody preventing nothing. That thing going well, real bro, smooth. You us, gotta, you know? If anything, they stopping themselves. In one of your posts, you said you heard you know somebody saying hit him like hit him. Yeah. You know with the hammer and yeah. you know that gotta make you think like you know you got kids like. And, and, say, the, and the fact rappers is getting killed out here all the time. Not just rappers, black men. Period. So you gotta yeah. think about that too. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, you know, like you said, it, it could be somebody that's about that life or somebody that's dead scared. Right, right, and right. And one of them is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a scary it's situation. True. I've been in a way worse situation than that, though. I'm going to tell you the truth. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I just handled it accordingly. So, I mean, what can I do? You know, I can't... Uh, I can't control if I, I can't make everybody like me, and I can't control if you bring thirty people to a restaurant with a camera crew to try to like humiliate me. But you, you know, you end up losing. You but you was saying? in Buffalo, though, right? Yeah, and I ain't worried about nobody in Buffalo. I would have stayed in this stay hotel, that. do your Uber show, go Eats, home. Nah, I ain't got to do that, man. Plus that day it was like a shooting in the city and stuff like that, and you know I was just chilling. I was around the corner from the show. I did what I had to do. You know, they did what they had to do, and I did my show. Like, ain't nobody stopping my money. Or none of that. Ain't nobody gonna stop me from doing nothing. So it is what it is. I'll be back there next year to do a show. Can that be reconciled? Uh, I don't know. You want some wine? <laughs> What's your infatuation with rabbits? <laughs> I'm the biggest rabbit there is, man. <laughs> Shout out to my big homie Kenny Shine. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to the Lords. You know what I'm saying? You already know how we rock it, man, with the rabbits. You mm-hmm. feel me? No, nah. I don't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> now I think I get it. Now that you said that, I'm like, oh, okay. Shout out to the big homies, okay, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. I'm just chilling, man. Uh, on Grandma's Stove, you know, you talk about, um, I think your dad dealing with stomach cancer. And, yes, sir. You know, your thoughts of suicide, issues with your family. How right. was it unpacking all those emotions? That album was like a suicide note, to yeah. be honest. You know what I'm saying? So it's better that stuff like that go on a record instead of like a, a, a real suicide note. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it was just um, it was stuff that I had to get out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, shout out to my dad. He just beat his stomach cancer. Word. Oh, word. You know, yeah, that's he, dope. Yeah, he, he got, got that taken out. He had absolutely. that surgery. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, that took a lot of prayer and a lot of, you know, patience. You know what I mean? And, you know, that was something that I, you know, that had me depressed for a minute. Cause I'm like, because um, I've been living in California so long. Like, you know, I probably haven't had the closest relationship with my father the mm-hmm. past 10 years, you know, on my musical journey. But, uh, you know, that, that you know, that cancer scare kind of like brought us close. And I hated that. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm talking to you more just because you're sick. That's whack. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, that kind of that definitely made me depressed for sure. Was he a present father growing up? Of course. Yeah, right, my right. dad's a great dad. Great dad. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing father. All right. I think we forget about that sometimes. Like, we go on our own journey and, and forget. Yeah, Whatever man. We, do, we forget. We just think a phone call is good enough. I think Word. we all do that yeah. sometimes. That ain't good enough, man. I got to touch you. I got to. Absolutely. I got to hug you. I got to feel you. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, you know, my dad was like, Man, it, it, it's just so difficult to see somebody go through that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, stomach cancer is, is crazy. You know, I still cancer that. period. Well, thank God yeah. he's 
you know, he's good. And yeah, he's good now. He's good. He just moved to Vegas. He, he lit. He's singing. He's doing his thing. My dad in the shot lights. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, he be doing his thing. He been doing that thing for a long time. Did that really in the shot lights? Yeah, for real. Yeah. He traveling and moved to group. Stop the cap, man. I'm not capping at all, man. He wanted the original shot lights. He the, nah, he ain't one of the original shot lights. Oh, but he, oh, nah, but he, in, the, he in the group, though. He yeah. in the group and he doing his thing. But my dad, like, been dealing with music. My whole life, he he probably the reason I'm in music. He been like singing and doing all of that stuff and, and singing background for groups and things of that nature. Like he introduced me to rap. Man, that's a dope ass family tree. Your daddy in the shotlights. Your your brother's a top gynecologist in yeah. Chicago. My dad the and same age. My dad the same age as Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson used to beat him in the talent shows when they was kids. Man, so, stop! <laughs> that was I don't know you playing. I'm not lying, man. Michael Jackson and my dad both was born in 1958. They both from Gary, Indiana. They was both two singing ass. And Michael Jackson could dance better. Man, That's I why he know made it. I know your daddy got some funny ass stories. I thought he was a police officer. He got he got hella funny stories. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, he was. You know what I'm saying? Like in the 80s. But after that, he was like, man. This. I want to sing because he kept seeing Michael Jackson being successful. It was, it <laughs> out, man. It didn't work out for him, man. Let Freddie sing a little bit on this album. I'm the king of R&B. I thought y'all. Yeah, I saw that before Kelly Price. Before Kelly Price started singing on the Listen, first record. I like how you started off the album with that song. Couldn't oh, be done. Oh, that yeah. intro was amazing, and Kelly Price on the album was unexpected. For I had to take him to church, man. I felt like I was in church when I made that song, man. Shout out to Norvay for getting Kelly Price on that. That was love, man. I appreciate her for that. Her voice was angelic on that. You shouted out Dr. Umar on it. Did I love Dr. Umar, man? How can you not? Yo, he's supposed to come up here this year. He ain't come up here yet this year. Right? Why not? He was mad at you for something though. Something yeah, he, he was said mad, he was mad at me because I I went on uh I was with Mike Tyson. Yeah, and, I, yeah, and, yeah. and uh, me and Mike Tyson was talking about like uh, white women and interracial dating, and he was like, "Oh no, nah, no, nah, brother Freddie Gribbs, you can't do that. You can't be, you know what I'm saying?" I really want to meet because, like, like when I was locked up, I was like reading like a lot of Umar stuff, and it was like I was like, "Man, I, when I um when I was in Europe in jail, I wrote him a letter. Mm-hmm. He ain't write me back though. He probably don't even. He get a bunch of letters, he, he man. Might not have got that. He would have wrote you. Man, if I would have sent him a donation, a coupon, or a gift, he would have wrote back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, don't. So you wrote him what the letter said when you wrote him? I just told him that I, you know, admired his mind and you know what I'm saying, was really uh, uh paying attention to what he was saying. You know what I mean? I don't agree with everything he said. Mm-hmm. But you know, but that's like anything. But I, I I really admire Dr. Umar for real. He wanna know why all your rabbits white. <laughs> Not all of them. We like all colors, man. We like all shades. White, black, Asian, all of that, man. Come on, man, you know. I wanna go back to the stomach cancer thing, because on the album, I think you said uh that it makes you think about your own dietary issues and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a you know, that's a hereditary thing. Like uh, after my dad got um got diagnosed with stomach cancer, I went and got checked mm-hmm. immediately. Colon, all of that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And black man, we ain't, you know, we got this scared of the doctor mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I figure Especially um, for that colon. Right. I, I think if my dad had uh had been like doing this stuff at my age, he he probably could have prevented that. But thank God yeah. that, you know, we got that out the way and he moved past it. I got a colonoscopy consultation today. Ah, they going to your butt. Yeah. Well, not today. Today's <laughs> the consultation. <laughs> they will. Wait. I got mine today too. For real? Mine is at three. I hope we're not going to the same yeah, place. I pray to God we ain't going to the same place. Wait, y'all are both going mine to the same place. I'm not saying what mine is, but it's around like, that mutually? time. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you this. You don't feel it. It's not, we're not getting the thing no, today. Not, it's just consultation. Wait, yeah. Freddie, oh, Freddie, yeah. Freddie, hold on. Please don't it. tell me you didn't feel it. You don't feel it. Oh, here come the they, they drug you or something, or they just lube <laughs> you yeah, up? Yeah, they there? drug the f*** out you, man. Yeah, like, yeah, because you pass out. Yeah, I yeah, went yeah, in that yeah. drunk anyway. I was like, yeah, hey, man, wine. y'all going to do this. Now, before you do this, let me have some yeah, wine. Yeah, let me hear. I was drinking wine the whole time, but no, nah, they knocked you out with <laughs> You're not supposed to drink before you get to college. They give you something to drink, I thought. Yeah, but not alcohol. I was drinking my own s***. I had the, hey, Y'all should have like colonoscopy parties. Uh, hush your noise, please. Like, hey, listen, um, 
It's what she talking about. But they give you good drugs, man. You gonna go right to sleep. Man. I was thinking like I was real scared. I was like, man, my butt gonna be hurting when I wake up. It was, it was none of that. It was all good. I went home. They was like, yo, you just can't drive after this. Just have somebody. Yeah, somebody with you. Yeah, yeah have somebody with me. I had somebody with me, and I was doped up all day. I was good. Oh, did you get good. right on the plane after? You had no like, problems, right? No, nah, I had no problems. Okay, I was okay. good. I was free and clear. I was clean. He was okay. like, man, you're a very healthy individual, sir. I was like, thank you. Absolutely. Well, let's get into the joint right now. And stay out of trouble, Freddie, man. CIA. Oh, man. <laughs> Is that the record you really want to play? I don't know if that's the record you want to play for. I said, well, I said what you want to play? Oh, I don't know. What's this Pick a record. Y'all, hey, man, what? Too much. 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 Kendrick Lamar. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Kendrick Lamar is on the cover of W Magazine. It came out yesterday, and some of the things that he talks about is why he feels like this album is different from his other albums in, in different ways. He said the other albums got a lot of accolades, the Pulitzer, the Grammys. He said this one is the reward for humanity for me. That's the beauty. That's the best feeling I've been getting. It's like when I'd be talking to some of my partners that never was able to express themselves and communicate. They only knew how to communicate with violence. And for them to call up their moms, call their pops and say, you hurt me. And this pushed me to go stay with my grandma, which my grandma pushed me to stay with my homies, which the homies pushed me to. For them to be able to express that and have that communication is rewarding for me. He also talked about the vulnerable and confessional content. He said a lot of times we play with the idea of unconditional love and don't necessarily know if it's real until you feel it. My children allowed me in their development as human beings, beginning to walk and talk, to remove my ego, to know that my children too will have their own independence. That allows me to understand the unconditional love on my end. Will I allow them to be themselves? Will I allow them to journey off in the world and experience life for what they know of? That's love to me. And when I look at that, I try to apply it with how I express myself, how I look at my career, and how I meet other individuals. Am I allowing them to be themselves without any judgment? My children have taught me that. Let me tell you something. I've already told y'all this is the most important hip-hop album of all time. And you may not realize it now, but you will later. This album is a soundtrack for healing. It's a soundtrack for therapy. It's a soundtrack for brothers who are out here doing the work on themselves, for brothers who want to invest in their mental wealth. I love uh, Kendrick Lamar's album, Mr. Morales and the Big Steppers. Now, he also said when he finished the album, he said, I may or may not put this out. It's way too much. But then he decided to do it. He said, I'm a private person. It was tough for me. The reason why I had to make that decision, whether they was for or against it, I just didn't want the influence. I could have cut corners and got flashy with it and worded my words a certain way, but he had to be in the rawest, truest form he could possibly be. Oh, I can totally right, again, understand that's why the cover he felt that of way. W Magazine. I can totally understand why he felt that way because when you listen to the album, it does sound like you're 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 uh, you're listening into one of his sessions with his therapist. So I can totally understand. It feels that raw and that that vulnerable. So salute to Kendrick. Drop on the clues bombs for Kendrick Lamar. I love this album. All right, now Paris Hilton did an article that was published by the New York Times, and she talked about the staff members at Utah's Provo Canyon School. She said they would forcefully perform cervical exams on her and other female students. And here's what she had to say about these exams. And during the video interview, you could tell she was very emotional. It's not the first time that she's talked about it, but she said it is definitely sexual abuse. And at first, she did not discuss it. But now she's being a lot more open. 
I was verbally, mentally, and physically abused on a daily basis. Every time I would use the bathroom or take a shower, it was monitored. At 16 years old, as a child, I felt their piercing eyes staring at my naked body. I was just a kid and felt violated every single day. This is unconstitutional, degrading, and terrifying. Children were restrained, hit, thrown into walls, strangled, and sexually abused regularly at Provo. I could not report this because all communication with my family was monitored and censored. And what is disgusting is the program doesn't just censor communication with family, but also with the entire outside world. Hey. All right, when she was 16 years old, her parents actually sent her to that school because of her rebellious nature. She was there for 11 months before she went back home. And she talks about this in her documentary. This, uh, this is Paris painting a larger picture of the problems she had in her youth, her traumatic experience at that boarding school. She said it was supposed to be a school, but classes were not the focus at all. From the moment I woke up until I went to bed, it was all day screaming in my face, yelling at me, continuous torture. Damn. Sorry she had to go through that. Mm-hmm. And she's been working with lawmakers to push through legislation uh, that included the troubled teen industry law that was signed into law in 2021. That was to put more government oversight on Utah's youth residential treatment centers. And so that's something that she's been um, focused on. Is this facility still around? According now, I will say that uh, they did reach out to them for a statement. And so the school did uh, provide a statement. And what they did say and this is to E! News. They said the boarding school was sold by its previous ownership in August of 2000. And they said what we can say is the school provides a structured environment teaching life skills, providing behavioral health therapy, and continuing education for youth who come to us with pre-existing and complex emotional, behavioral, and psychiatric needs. And mm. so I guess what they're saying is, you know, they sold the school. It's different ownership. And they did acknowledge there are individuals over the many years who believe they were not helped by the program. We are heartened by the many stories former residents share about how their stay was a pivot point in improving and in many cases saving their lives. So that's a Mm -hmm. statement from the school. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. Coming up next, Charlamagne, you have donkey of the day. Oh, yes, indeed. Four after the hour, man. I don't know what's going on. Uh, out here with adults thinking that they can, you know, just 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 physically assault kids. But we're gonna talk about it for after the hour. We need a guy named David Taylor to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. He's from Florida, by the way. All right, donkey of the day next. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. It's her funny and heartbreaking story about her relationship with her mother, complicated grief, and stardom. Start listening when you sign up for a free 30-day trial at the home of storytelling. Audible.com slash Breakfast Club. Packing a flamingo. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Donkey of the day with Charlemagne the guy. I don't know why y'all keep letting him get y'all like this. Well, Duval, uh, donkey of the day for Wednesday, October 12th, goes to a 41-year-old Pensacola, Florida man named David Taylor. Now, what does your Uncle Shala always tell you about the great state of Florida? Repeat after me. The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Furthermore, I'm starting to realize 40-plus-year-old people in Florida, especially amongst the Caucasian population, they look like 70-somethings. Okay, especially the men. My God. When I see these mugshots of 40-something-year-old white men in Florida, they all look like Golden Girls. And not even season one of Golden Girls, like season four or five. 
Matter of fact, let me not even disrespect Dorothy and Rose and Blanche and Sophia like that. Y'all didn't look as old as 40-something-year-old white men in Florida. But anyway, David Taylor was locked up and charged with cruelty towards a child and disorderly conduct. Well, what did he do exactly, Uncle Charlotte? What did those charges entail? Well, let me tell you. According to the arrest report, David Taylor was seen by uh, deputies arguing with coaching staff at a Little League football practice being held at Longleaf Elementary School. I said Little League football practice in an elementary school. Why was he arguing? With the coaching staff, well, the argument began because David Taylor witnessed his son getting overpowered during a one-on-one tackling scrimmage by another nine-year-old player. I'm pretty sure that's how tackling scrimmages work when they're one-on-one. Somebody's going to get the best of the other person. So David Taylor, big grown 41-year-old ass, took his son's helmet, put it on his head, then got into a football kneeling stance. You know the stance I'm talking about. Hut, hut. Did that in front of the other nine-year-old and charged head first into that nine-year-old's chest. Then David Taylor grabbed the nine-year-old by the arms and pushed him several feet. Then that's when coaches intervened and began arguing with Taylor. Let me tell you something. There should have been no arguing with David Taylor. David Taylor needed his ass beat in that moment. Okay, where was this nine-year-old's daddy? Okay, where was his uncle, his big brother, somebody to come put hands on, on David Taylor? Okay, where was Florida mom with the gun? Everybody in Florida got a gun. Folks in Florida treat their guns the way the rest of the country treats their smartphones. They feel naked and helpless without them. I wish mama was there with a gun and would have shot David Taylor. I didn't say kill him, but you're playing with my child. What happened to do unto others as you would have them do unto you? Why do we live in an era where adults think it's okay to do things like this to kids when they know they wouldn't stand for another adult doing that to their children? And why do adults like David Taylor not fear the repercussions and consequences of what could potentially happen if they put their hands on someone's child? This is just so random. We talked about it yesterday when we were discussing the situation uh, with T.I. and his son. If you ask me what I would do to someone if they did something like this to my child, the answer is simple. I don't know. Okay, I ain't no killer, but don't push me. And nothing is going to push a parent further than someone messing with their child. Now, let's talk about the obvious. You mad because somebody overpowered your child in a one-on-one tackling scrimmage? Sir, you do realize that's the whole point of a tackling scrimmage, right? It's football, a contact sport, a very dangerous, rough contact sport. If you are a parent who can't stand to see your child get hit, then maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't let them play football. Okay, that's like letting your child be a swimmer because you love Michael Phelps and you want them to be the next Michael Phelps, but you get mad at the swim instructor for letting your child get wet. You letting your child box because you want him to be the next Floyd Mayweather, but you complaining that his opponent is punching him. I truly don't understand society anymore. I feel like I grew up in a much simpler time or maybe the adults around me saw all this crazy stuff going around and kept it from us. I don't know. But nobody can tell me any good reason for David Taylor to do what he did to this nine-year-old child because there is no logic to it. You know why it's no logic to it? One word, two syllables, maybe three, depending how you pronounce it. Flow, ride, duh. Please give tape David Taylor the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey 
Strange world we live All in. All right. People. Very strange. Very world. strange. Well, thank we you for that donkey of the day. Thank you. Yee. Yes, we call us up 800 5. Yeah, we keep on. <laughs> Look, we messing up today. All right. Envy left to go do an event. So, um, yes, call me up right now if you have any questions. You need some help with things. It could be uh, relationships, friendships, it could be work. 800 585 1051 is the number. Call us up and I got you. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. All right. Hello? It's the Breakfast Club, and we are doing Ask Ye. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning. This is Drew from Brooklyn. How you doing, Ye? What's up, Drew from Brooklyn? What's going on? Uh, not much. I just needed a little bit of advice. You know, um, my wife and I, we've been married for two years. Um, we have our second anniversary coming up. We've actually been together for three uh, we've got one baby. Uh, he's one years old. But um, our anniversary is on the 20th, and we had plans to go to Puerto Rico. Then the hurricane hit, um, so we're really not going to be able to do that. And now I'm kind of on a budget. You know, a lot of things have come up as far as bills and everything, and she's kind of expecting, like, this whole, like, beachy vibe and uh, this this whole, like, grand thing, and I'm just I'm, I'm on a tight budget here. And I just want to make sure we have a good time where we can still enjoy ourselves but not spend too much money and charge up the credit card and, you know, put myself in a bad situation. All right. Well, that sounds very practical of you. What is your plan, though? You're going to travel or you're going to stay So uh, she's from Savannah. So I'm living in Savannah now. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, so she likes okay. to go to New York and, you know, kind of do, like, New York stuff. But those are things that I've done my entire life. So I'm just like, man, you want to go to New York? Um but I can, I know I can show her a good time. But she's she's crying about the cold, and I'm, I'm saying it's really not that cold up there right now. Uh, I, I can afford New York, you know. But how how can I do New York where, where it still gives her that wow factor, that you know, happy anniversary? Because she really wanted to be by the beach, and uh, I don't really know what to do. All right. Well, I think the best thing to do is to plan things out. And she knows you guys are, are on a budget, so she knows it's a practicality to this. But you know what your budget is, and you know how much she loves New York. It's not that cold in New York yet, so I'll say that. Um, so you guys should be okay with that. But I think um, it depends on, you know, you got to get a nice hotel to stay in. I'm going to help you with that. And then you should take her to dinner, maybe take her someplace nice like Brooklyn Chop House. You know, she'll love that. Maybe we can um, set up a nice dinner for you guys there. And then, you know, we love things like a spa day together. Maybe you guys can right, you know, right. get your massages, get pampered. You do some special things for her and she'll love that. I think anything thoughtful. And then if you stay in um, in the area, you can also do something fun. Like maybe you guys do like a bowling night. Maybe you can go see MJ the musical on Broadway. Yeah, well, she, By the way, she that's really wanted to do Broadway. That's a great idea. Yeah, so I think just planning those things out. Um, hold on the line. I'm going to get your information, and I'm going to see if I can help you out with planning some of these things so that you can really surprise her. Yeah, that'll be great. Thank you so much, E. I appreciate it. You're the best. Yeah, because I think I, got, I can get some connections for you with some, of the, with, with some of these things. But when I tell you MJ the Musical, amazing, amazing play. You guys will absolutely love it. I think that's a great idea. Word. And it shows you're listening. She wants to go see a Broadway play. You guys have a nice dinner. You could do something fun like go bowling. Just a variety of things. But I think you being thoughtful and having an itinerary put together will be will mean a lot to her. Yeah, because I, I had an itinerary put together and it's just not working out. And now I'm kind of freestyling it. But, you know, she's been working hard all year and I'm just, I don't want to let her down, you know? 
Yeah, and you guys will have fun together. So hold on, I'm going to get your info. Thank you. Yes, that is Asky. We are going to hook him up, okay? Because everything I named, I think I can help him with. So call us up, 800-585-1051. And I got you. It's The Breakfast Club. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. What's up? It is The Breakfast Club, and we are in the middle of Ask Yee. 800-585-1051 is the number. Any type of advice you need, I'm here to help. Uh, who is this? This is Kiana. Hey, Kiana, what's up, girl? Oh, goodness, honey, I've been waiting to ask this question. Okay, I'm trying to make it quick because I know how it go. Um, I'm married, been married 10 years. Um, my husband left a little bit over two years, I mean, almost two years. Okay, he's been gone, we got mm-hmm. kids, he's been unhelpful, kind of bitter, you know how I men get <laughs> kind of bitter. But now he wants to come back home. Mm-hmm. After two years of not helping, I'm just confused about if I should give him a second chance. I don't know. What, what do you Ooh. think? Like, what would you do? Well, where did where did he go? He moved to another state, like eight hours away from us. Just because he didn't want to be with you? Was he with somebody else? Had he given up? He was, uh, he, he, he didn't say he ain't been with nobody else, you know, and you say he wanted to get himself together, like going through a midlife crisis. He's older than me, like. 15 years older than me. <laughs> I thought if I got an older man, maybe he'll be on top of his game a little bit. But <laughs> you know, Ke- Kiana, what do you, what do, you, what do you want to do? The truth is, I two years is a long time. I found somebody that I enjoy their company. They enjoy my company. Yeah. You know, the risk in him and doing what he did is that you may have moved on because you weren't going to sit around and wait for somebody to handle their responsibilities. And so he yeah. took that risk and you could have taken him back or you could have not. I don't think you should feel pressured to do anything. I think you should do what you feel like doing because you deserve that. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your kids to have somebody stable. Imagine you give up on what you have going on right now. and He does the same thing to you again. Yeah. But we ain't getting no divorce yet, though, you know, and I'm not saying I'm not in love with him like that. You know, I, I could I could say that I've been thinking about it. It's just a love that you have for somebody that you, you know, been through so much with. Mm-hmm. But Kiana, let me say you don't have to do anything immediately to just take your time in making your decision. And the guy who you are talking to, I think you need to be honest with him so that he knows what's going on because I can understand you wanting to make sure your family is back together. Like you said, you do have love for him. You guys have been through a lot, but you're not in love with him. And he would have a lot to prove to you before he could even get a chance. Exactly. That's my issue. Oh, my God. Girl. What you has he done to show you that... What What has he done to show you that he's even serious or that things are different? And seriously, the kids have done enough. They, they're so stressful. I'm just realizing that it's just going to take two people and I don't bring anybody around my kids, like, you know, anybody I'm dating around my kids. Uh, they need their dad. I well, got the, boys. <laughs> and, you know, he can still be a father to his child, his children, whether or not you guys are together. And he needs to prove that he can do that. Because I think the minimal of responsibilities, which he wasn't taking care of in these past couple of years, while you were holding it down, he needs to step up to the plate in that way first. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, girl. You know it. 
All right. Well, Kiana, I wish you so much luck with that. You know, that can't be easy for you. No decision that you make is a wrong decision. If you decide, decide to take him back and that's what your heart tells you, that's on you. If you decide, look, I'm not in love with you anymore. You betrayed me so much. These past couple of years have given me some time to think and reflect. And it's not what I want. That's on you. You got to do what's best for you. That's how you'll be the best mom you can be in taking care of yourself. Mm. Yes, ma'am. That's hot news right there. <laughs> All right, Kiana. Thank you. Well, main thing, tell him to take care of them kids, baby. He got to help out. Yeah, that's stuff easier said than done, man. Well, let's see. Let's see what he does. All you can do is see what he does. It's on him. He got a lot to prove to you. You ain't got nothing to prove to him. All right. Well, that was Ask Ye, and coming up next, we do have the rumor report. We'll be talking about Kanye West, and uh, we'll tell you what happened when he did an episode of The Shop. I guess we'll never get to see what's on that episode, but Maverick breaks down what happened. Also, the Donda Academy, there's some footage that has come out, and you can see what's going on at that school. All right, we'll talk about it when we come back. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. It's This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, Kanye West, because of the things he's been doing online and things that he's been saying, uh, the hateful things he's been saying, that has prompted Kim Kardashian to have to beef up security for their kids. She's had to hire extra security at their kids' private school in California, and he's been uh, repeatedly name-dropping that school as well. So they just want to make sure that individuals don't try to show up the school and pose any type of threats. You know, something you have to think about when you're doing these things. That is that is ridiculous to put your kids' uh, school's name out there like that. Like, you've, you've made them targets now. Right, and Kanye, in the meantime, has opened up his Christian private school called Donda Academy. We told you about this before. Parents have to sign NDAs to have their kids attend. It's $15,000 a year, but it's not accredited, all right? Here's a video that's been surfacing where you can see the kids are singing Good Morning, Donda. Good morning, Donda. And in the video, you can see Kanye is there filming them. That school is not accredited, and the founder of the school doesn't read. I'm not sending my kids there. <laughs> well, a lot of people did. You can see there's a lot of kids at this school. It's crazy. Child I don't actors. know. All right. Now, Kanye also had done an interview with The Shop, but that's not going to air because he brought more hate speech and extremely dangerous stereotypes. Maverick Carter, who is the co-host of the show and, of course, CEO of uh, Spring Hill Company, said that Kanye was booked weeks ago. And after talking to Kanye directly the day before we taped, I believed he was capable of a respectful discussion and he was ready to address all his recent comments. Unfortunately, he used The Shop to reiterate more hate speech and extremely dangerous stereotypes. We have made the decision not to air this episode or any of Kanye's remarks. While the shop embraces thoughtful discourse and differing opinions, we have zero tolerance for hate speech of any kind and will never allow our channels to be used to promote hate. Well, the reality is that's the shop's fault for thinking that was a great idea to begin with. Like, if you see all these other platforms not allowing him a voice, why would you allow him one? And it's kind of strange to put out a press release 
on an episode that nobody even knew y'all shot. Like, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe too many people knew about it. It was going to come out at some point anyway. Maybe. Maybe he thought Kanye would address it. And so you get ahead of it by giving the heads up. Maybe. And I was going to say, and Van Lathan also uh, talked about it on his podcast where he said Kanye said that he loves Hitler and Nazis while at TMZ when he did that infamous clip of how slavery is a choice. And so they cut it out, though. Yeah, they edited they edited out uh, him saying that he he loves Hitler, but they kept in him saying uh, slavery was a choice. So it's okay to say those things about you know black people, but not about the Jewish community. That's what that's what I take from mm-hmm. that. Also, am I the only yeah. one who feels like Kanye is moving like a man who doesn't plan to be with us much longer? Like, cause there's no logical explanation for any of this other than he knows he's going out, so he's going out in the blaze. Cause this is self-sabotage at his finest and it's sad to watch but he's made these choices he woke up one day and chose white supremacy he woke up one day and decided to be a nazi that's on him yeah i don't know what's going on with him i know they said sources close to him feel like he's having like the worst breakdown he's ever had so who's to say i can't even but do breakdowns lead to bigotry because if that's the case then You're going to have a whole bunch of white supremacists. You're going to have a whole bunch of anti-Semitic people. You're going to have a whole bunch of racist, anti-black people saying that they, too, uh, you know, suffer from mental illness. Like, does does a breakdown lead to bigotry? Well, you know, Kanye's also been invited to the Holocaust Museum in Los Angeles. They want him to educate himself on the plight of Jewish people. And so the museum wrote an Instagram story, words matter and words have consequences. We urge you to come visit us at Holocaust Museum LA to understand just how words can incite horrific violence and genocide. The Holocaust started with only words that sadly begat stereotypes, racial and religious tropes and blaming others and led to the murder of 6 million Jews. Man, well, I think he should do that. But I, I you know, to me, it sounds like he already has made his, 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 his he's chosen his side. He has chosen the side of white supremacy. If you decide to wake up and attack black people and Jewish people in the same week, you are Nazi as far as I'm concerned. And I just pray, I pray that the Yeezy slides don't become a symbol of hate because those things are comfortable. You feel me? Oh, my God. Well, you can get some Crocs always. And now Nobody let's end this on a that. high note. <laughs> yeah, Crocs are popular for a reason. They use them in hospitals and everything. I might try them out. All right, Sade is working on a new album for the first time in over a decade. So I'm really excited for that. You know I love some Sade. And her last LP, Soldier of Love, was released back in 2010. And so now she's going to have some new music. So that's really exciting. She does what she wants when she wants. All right. Does and, uh, really exist? To- is she a real person? Like I know we've seen pictures yes. of her and stuff. She seems mythical, like she's like a unicorn. Has anybody ever really seen Sade? Listen, I'm just waiting for her to do a tour because I'm definitely going to that. Okay. And lastly, I want to shout out to Drink Champs. They have a new episode uh, that is coming out, and this one features Takeoff and Quavo. Listen to Nori giving them their flowers. That album is tough. I don't give a f- what. If don't let nobody tell you that's and you're number one. You're no, number no, one right no, now. Sir, yes, sir. Yeah, we, we want to literally give y'all y'all flowers, brother. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. literally, literally. You, you, know, I, you know I watch the show, man. I'm, I'm a fan of the show, so I, I know they, they don't die, do they? No, no, okay. come on. Man. Okay, okay. Make sure you check out uh, Drink Champs podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. I think that drops on Revolt tomorrow, though, right? The, the video, the visual? Yep, Thursdays on Revolt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, indeed. All right. And so that's how we ended on a high note on the Rumor Reports. That's right. And when we come back, uh, NB's going to be lying to y'all 
about the People's Choice Mix. Um, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that you can call in and request uh, a song because Envy's not even here. What do I want to hear? It doesn't matter <laughs> unless you can look oh, at his playlist and All see right. something that is already playing. But uh, the People's Choice Mix is up next. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. When it's time to get with someone special, the best way to do it is with Magnum Large Size Condoms. That gold foil wrapper is a badge of honor and it means you're protected. And you take care of things with comfort. Accept no substitutes. Bring the pleasure with the gold standard. Magnum, large size condoms. Here's morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy. And I got to tell everybody out there, man, make sure uh, you screen my late night talk show, Hell of a Week on Paramount Plus. Um, the latest episode is up there, but we tape a new episode tomorrow. So you can watch it live at 11.30 p.m. on Comedy Central right after The Daily Show, man. Get in tune if you haven't already, but you can uh, catch up on episodes on Paramount Plus, and you can check out a new episode tomorrow at 11.30 p.m. right after The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Now, my positive note today is something that all you people who seek viral validation will never understand. I'm way more interested in how my life feels to me than how it looks to others. We'll see you tomorrow. It's The Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.